Greetings, welcome, and hello. My name is Michael Basham, and this is a Spirit Wars Report, 2013, December 10th. I am here to present a worldview and some information that is very hard to come by. I believe that the further I go, the less I know, and yet the more I realize that most people really don't know much of anything except one thing very well. And I wouldn't call myself a professional businessman or, or it, but I've been very, very gifted to come across some very hard-to-find information and to experience some crazy things, and I think I should share some of those things. And so, um, it's kind of hard to articulate such a big thing, such a big worldview. But I just want to say that we are in a war. And the enemy has upped his technology, the enemy of our souls, the devil, Satan. He is attacking all that is good in this world from every angle. And um, ever since I was a kid, you know, I grew up hearing how the lines of gray in this world would be disappearing more and more and everyone in the end would have to make a choice whether to stand up for what was right or give up and just succumb to the darkness and right now we're seeing that dividing line become smaller and smaller and smaller the fence is getting harder and harder to sit on everybody knows the NSA spies on us Thanks to Snowden, everybody knows that um, the bad guys won, as the song goes. Everybody knows the the war is over. And uh, everybody knows that the dollar's collapsing, the economy's crashing. Everybody knows there's a new world order, and everybody knows Obama isn't even born in America, and his name isn't even Obama. But that's not even the important thing. Everybody knows that... Miley Cyrus is just an Illuminati person just bringing forth more brainwashing and um, I want to kind of tie a lot of things together here to form a worldview that presents a, a choice to get closer to the Lord and to get trained up with the spiritual weapons because um, it's not a science here and yet there is a method to it you don't just believe in Jesus and then you're free from everything. Well, yeah, you do, but then there's more than that. You know, I mean, yeah, you'll go to heaven if you just die believing in Jesus. But there's a lot more you can do with your faith. And um, there's a lot more than just getting people saved and just preaching the gospel. Of course, the gospel is the heart of everything. It's just the cross of Jesus, the transformation of forsaking your life every day, dying to yourself. Uh, Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Jesus who lives in me. That is the heart of everything. And um, But we want to leave the rudimentary stuff for a little while. We want to keep going. We want to branch out in all directions from that cross. Don't turn the, the cross of Christ into a Buddha wheel that spins and spins endlessly. But realize that it is a blinding, flashing earthquake crack in the lies of the enemy and 
it just goes on and on and it extends forever. It just brings forth more and more truth in all directions. North, west, east, south. There's a reason that it's a cross. There's a reason that the hexagram is eight-sided and they found a, a kind of a, well, it's a, pen, it's a pentagon on the pole of Saturn which would also fit a hexagram inside of it. If you look at the, the picture of a hexagram over that interesting, gigantic pentagon, which is an impossible creation of nature on top of the planet Saturn. Um, and Saturn is related to Satan, and the, the hexagram is a very powerful symbol. It's on the Israeli flag, and there's a reason for it. And Jerry Lee expounds on this really well recently but um i'm just here to say that these symbols have meaning and the cross fits over the hexagram it, it there's a reason for all of these things that that we are just kind of blindly accepting in our life there's a reason for everything there's there's inner revelations in the bible there's truth and then there's more truth and more truth it's not hey my doctrine is the best you know or i found all the truth it's like hey look there's something even deeper under this rock and then there's a cave under that and then there's even you can go spelunking and just keep getting more and more revelation and i'm just a spelunker i just love i love where the wild things are i love trekking into the wilderness and going where no man has gone before and I get bored when when I'm just sitting around at home, you know, just doing the same old thing. And, uh, you know, you do what you hate as a human. We, we do it every day. We are forced to live with our flesh. But through the cross, we get free from that and we can go out into realms, uncharted realms, unknown. And, and that's where I want to be. That's where I believe I am. By faith, we, we are seated together with Christ in heavenly places, it says right there in Ephesians and Colossians. So you live a life in the Spirit, whether you believe in it or not. You live in two worlds, Mr. Anderson. In one life, you go by the alias Hacker Neo and are guilty of virtually every crime we have a law for. To the devil, you are a guilty Neo, a hacker, scary spiritual warrior depends how much time you commit to being a hacker in the spirit but on the other hand you're just a nice little systemite who goes to work and helps your landlady take out the garbage so that's fine you should be a nice little mr anderson too but here we are concerned with the borderline and crossing over it the borderline between the physical and the spiritual the land of where everything is, is seen through a glass darkly until you go beyond the glass and you start seeing things definitely. Not that you see everything, but you might see things through the eyes of a child, but you have to be a baby to go to heaven. And once you just step by faith into the spirit world, there's a lot there. You know, I just got a comment from somebody on a video called The Danger with Remote Viewing which I won't repeat here. You can go listen to it if you're interested in what remote, remote viewing is. But the guy was like, look, what's the deal with remote viewing? What's the problem with it? You know, I, I think it's just sitting down and letting it flow from the spirit. You just write down whatever you see. And that's fine, as long as what you see is coming from the Holy Spirit. And 
cleared channels or angels through the Holy Spirit, if you're just opening yourself up to whatever, then chances are you're going to get your soul stolen from you. And uh, there's there's proof for that. A really amazing testimony Russ Distar has about it, which I repeated on my video. I don't know where Russ Distar spoke of that, but it, it's an amazing thing. That demons give people the ability to remote view and astral project. And here we are concerned with the ability to do those things through the Holy Spirit. And that that is a weapon that you can utilize and be a spiritual warrior. And I've seen it uh, bear fruit, although it is less maybe dramatic and it still requires faith than maybe what witches do. Witches don't need faith. They just, you know, kill a baby and there's their demon ready to do their bidding. Um, with the Spirit of God, it always takes faith and he challenges you and you're always asking or asking yourself, is this really happening? Am I really, you know, but it's, it's faith that knows without seeing or feeling. It just sees through faith. It's just like, it's, a, it's another, it's a remote you in the kingdom realm that that experiences it. it. It is astral projecting on the Holy Spirit's dimension, not the Astaroth or Aster or whatever that star god is. It's not going through the Aster demon. It's going through Holy Spirit spirit. So hope that makes sense. I think it makes sense. Okay. Well, I want to just get back to the war zone here a little bit because I am seeing attacks on people in my circle um, just is getting more and more intense. Today I was going to meet a friend of mine who I interviewed named Aspen who has an incredibly amazing testimony and we were going to do another recording together and it just got canceled because of just some kind of something, some sort of attack going on. The enemy always fights you. Whenever you try to unify with other brethren, he fights you. But it's not just that. It's getting more physical, and the, the fruit of it is getting more physical. You know, I'm seeing attacks that are, you know, where people are dying physically, and these people believed in God very strongly. Maybe if not at the time that they died, they did before. And I'm talking about people that used to be children of David, family disciples that I, I you know, fought alongside and or knew those that did so. Um, and I, I had a miracle just the other day. I had a dream of some family guitarist guy in a Christian band that suddenly died. And in the dream, I couldn't remember who he was. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is horrible. And I woke up crying like in the dream I was crying. And then the next day, well, two days later, my father-in-law says, oh, did you hear David Blossom? The family guitarist got in a horrible accident and was near death in China just the other day. And I was like, no way, because I know he was, he really, I mean, he put himself out there and just believed all the new prophecies about the keys, about spirit helpers, everything, being the Lord's bride, loving the Lord intimately, you know, all that controversial stuff. So, but I, I think he's still alive, but I, the people that died, though, I know a, a guy that became a Mormon. I know someone that became a homosexual, uh, mutually, and... Um, what other guy? Oh, I knew someone that was I'm almost related to that was going to be a hypnotist. And I don't know where any of these people were in their deep down faith. I think they were sweet people who loved love deep in their heart, even if they 
fell out of touch with maybe you know their calling as a disciple or whatever for for whatever reason i mean i'm not saying it was their fault even but just the enemy is taking people out that are that are isolated that are in circles of people that are probably not uh full of the holy spirit and and this is what's happening and we're getting we're getting more and more attacks in radio uh what is it electromagnetic wave attacks scalar technology these are physical attacks more and more people are coming out i just posted a, an interview about this with testimony of being just bombarded with these these bizarre weapons that ruin your health that destroy your your uh your vitality and your strength and just freak you out and it's a physical thing but it's getting into spiritual because it's also being reported that people that are getting these attacks get victory when they're full of the holy and they're praying and, and they're seeking the lord and getting help and in, in fellowship so we are seeing the enemy align himself in a physical way now it's a physical battle even though it's spiritual it's just that the technology is now at the point where there's no more dividing line between the physical and the spiritual okay capish capish all right well so there's no more gray anymore there's there's no more you know neutral you're going to be on one or the other side whether you like it or not and whether you know it or not people are getting brainwashed without them even knowing so you know you're a theist involved more than you know and the antichrist he's real um, he's, I believe he's alive right now. I'm coming into contact with people who have completely lost their minds. Like Britney Spears, who was saying, I'm the Antichrist, when she uh, flipped out and shaved her head and stuff. And um, I think there's something to that. When, when you see one person saying the same crazy thing, it's like, okay, maybe you're crazy. But when you see a bunch of people saying the same crazy thing, you gotta at least, as a scientist, look at it and be like, all right, there's something going on here. You know, one plus one, two. So, um, a friend of a friend in China, well, I didn't say that, uh, Chargo, just uh, came out with the same exact thing, saying, I'm the Antichrist, and was just going bonkers. Uh, who is a Christian, but I guess maybe not very strong. But I think this that might have to do with the whole electromagnetic attack thing, too. So pray for these people. But I believe that, you know, there's a lot of uh, false flags. We had a 2012 last year, and it was important. It was a marker or like a green light for the real action to begin. And But this action is all occurring on the spiritual plane first and then appearing in the physical. It's not in everybody's face like the movies said. Movies, you should just look at them like what's happening in the spiritual dimension giving a picture of what that is like Thor and Asgard you see a picture of what it's like in heaven and the spiritual warfare and combat and Iron Man you get a picture of like the the new weapons of the spirit and just what the the keys of the kingdom and the spiritual weapons of God can do for you and the enemy has his own too you know don't don't think he's just sitting around look at Miley Cyrus look at her eyes and the way that she changed she was the latest Illuminati victim. I mean, she's just so lost. And she started out as a little Disney clone girl, just like all the other... I'm being silly here, but might as well be true. But the Disney kids, K-12, 
kids on Disney TV are just, they look like clones. They look like they're just coming out of a, the same laboratory. But after a while, she started making all those devil symbols. You know, I showed a, a girl today and she couldn't believe it. She was like, oh my gosh, how could she be doing that? And then and then finally she, she went the way of all Britney Spears's and she shaved her head. And she's looking great now. Not. Except if you watch her video, which I, I physically got nauseous watching it. Um... Uh, wrecking ball and you see this room that is just being torn down with a wrecking ball that she's riding naked which everybody's like oh she's naked she's on a wrecking ball and she's naked but if you think about if you know anything about mk ultra and split personality mind control and torture based mind control you realize that there this is a symbol of being broken down and your mind being taken over by the enemy so you're going to be singing this song, this anthem of Satan coming in and just in flooding your mind as your walls are broken down and he's basically able to control you just like Miley Cyrus. So now everybody's doing it just like her twerking and it's all funny and it's cute. And You know, I love teenagers. I love their, their culture and just having fun and just doing whatever is popular and enjoying their life together. But at least have a little like realization about what this stuff is and where it's going man you know you don't have to be just like everybody else and be totally stupid but it's amazing i mean this is a real study so anyway um you know mk ultra mk ultra is ancient history to people who are in the new who are in the new but for to new people it's totally new it's it's recent news and so, you know, the dark forces are upgrading their spiritual weapons. They're using their forces in new insidious ways and their puppets, their Obamas, their Hillary Clintons and their um, Ben Bernankes and their Miley Cyruses and their Michael Jacksons. And uh, Michael Jackson, I think, tried to be good and then they killed him. It's just come out now. He's He was murdered. Nobody cares. He was trying to make this big tour about love songs, about change the world and love love one another. And Illuminati couldn't have none of that. All right. Well, I need to share more of my testimony because there is just... The Lord has done great things in my life. But, um, you know, I realized that giving... you know, Having the blessing of the Internet um, from which to be able to share a lot of information I've been blessed with a position to go into some deep things that most people never hear about and I've also come across some people that have experienced both these positive and negative sides of the supernatural and, and now I'm seeing just increased attacks in my own personal life and circles of friends and people all around the world and I just have a sense of alert right now and I feel I'm seeing it in my brother's eyes and I just feel like we need to sound the alarm that we are under attack and we need to take up arms spiritually and we need to be sober and we need to be ready and be vigilant. The enemy is prowling about as a roaring lion, but we are strong in Christ and we have our weapons with which to defeat him. And it's, it's not rocket science here. It's just practice every day. You know, it's just old, ancient Confucius way. You practice. We take some time praising the Lord and 
Take some time sitting down with prophecy and take some time reading the word. Take some time um, just closing your eyes and meditating on his love and thinking about heaven and see if he shows you something. Write it down. Get prophecy for other people. Um, write down your dreams. Pay attention to your dreams. Pray before you go to bed that God will show you stuff in your dreams. Love each other. Forgive each other. Be gentle. Be kind. Be forgiving. Be um, Don't be bitter. Don't hold on to, to unforgiveness because the enemy is able to mimic your voice. And this is technologically able to be done now. This is something that physical people can utilize this technology. Grab a device that mimics your own voice in your head because when you think in your mind, you think in your own voice. And they're able to mimic your voice and then speak it in your head, in your mind. So you think it was your thought. You know, you ever have that thought that just pops up all of a sudden or you're mad at somebody and you want to say something and you just suddenly have the worst evil thing to say and it just seems like it's so perfectly bad and you say it and then just all hell breaks loose well that's literally what's happening so just learn how to control your tongue close your mouth that's the key i think it's really just as simple as that um all right now uh, I, I really want to go deeper into some of the spiritual weapons. So I'm going to be reading some more prophecies. And um, we're going to see where, where we go from here. So praise the Lord. And pass the ammunition. We're going demon hunting. Alrighty then. I am. Oops. I'm listening to David Flynn here. Ah, quiet, David. Okay. I'm going to begin this uh, next clip. It's uh, Andre Rabe, and he's just really amazingly putting together the gospel, and it's just beautiful. And um, even though I'm more like the kind of person that I would have been really having fun playing with the kids during this church service, because I just can't stand church. I just, I even though I love Revelation, I can't stand being at church and just the whole culture of church, church. But I love his message, and he just has a beautiful gospel interpretation. So I'm just going to play a few minutes of Andre Rabi, and you can check him out on YouTube. Hi there. Um, this today, I just want to chat to you about the understanding of grace and the understanding of Jesus Christ, which um, is maybe a very different context to what we've traditionally been used to. You see, much of our understanding of grace has been in comparing it to what it's not. For instance, um, comparing it to the law. So we know that the law system was a system by which you earned what was, uh, what was yours rightfully. And we compared that to grace, where grace is undeserved favor, where it gives you what you do not deserve. And you know, that kind of comparison is very valid and it helps us understand many things. But, you know, God was gracious before sin existed. God was gracious 
before the law was given? And how do we understand his grace in, in that context where it's beyond comparison? You know, even our understanding of Jesus has often been so limited to, um, to just understanding him in the context of the desperate need of man for salvation. But when John starts writing in John 1, he suddenly realizes that this Jesus, the Word made flesh, has a context way beyond just the need of man. And he sees way back into the beginning where this Word was simply face to face with God. Now, in the beginning, before creation, there was no evil. There was no sin. There was no fall. How do we understand grace, Jesus, the character of God in this place? Um, I so enjoy John 17, verse 24. Let me quickly get that for you. Jesus prays and he says, um, Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which you have given me, and the love with which you have loved me, before the foundation of this world. Jesus speaks about a glory and a love that he wants us to behold, he wants us to see this. And this is a glory and a love not related to the fall of man, not related to, to sin and evil, but the glory and the love that was there before the foundation of this world. You see, he wants to, he wants to introduce us to a glory which is beyond comparison. <laughs> He wants us to discover a God that is without competition, an intimacy that is beyond interruption, a fellowship that is unbroken, a place, a place where we discover that our innocence before him is so much more than just the absence of sin. Our innocence is the the, the vibrancy of being fully and truly ourselves without any thought of any alternative existence. It's a place beyond comparison. Um, let me quickly take you to Hebrews 10 verse 17. Um, and I'm going to read, I don't know if you've seen this mirror translation done by Francois de Troy. Excellent, can highly commend, uh, recommend it. Um, and here in Hebrews 10 verse 17, he says, This is final. I have deleted the record of your sins and misdeeds. I no longer recall them. Nothing in God's reference to man reminds him of sin. Sins were dealt with in such a thorough manner that no further offering would ever again be required. Nothing that we can personally sacrifice 
could add any further virtue to our innocence. I want to read that first part again. I have deleted the record of your sins and misdeeds. I no longer recall them. God has so completely and successfully dealt with every sin, every obstacle that stood between man and himself, that he has wiped it from his own consciousness and from his own mind and memory. And you know, if something does not exist in the mind of God, it does not exist at all. <laughs> and that is the basis upon which we can now approach God with a clear conscience, without any consciousness of sin or obstacle, because he's got no memory of it. You know, it makes me think if we, if we engage in conversations that's delving into sin, that's delving into the past, that's delving into what went wrong, it means that God cannot be involved in that conversation because he's got no memory of those misdeeds and sins that we engage in. Now 2 Corinthians 5 says, the old things have passed away, behold the new. I'm so glad he doesn't say, behold the old things that have passed away. No, no, they are past and what now captures our attention is the new. And that word new is a beautiful word. You know, I've sometimes heard people say that that word new means it's completely new. It's something that never existed before. That's rubbish. <laughs> if you go and look where, how that word new is used throughout the New Testament in many other contexts as well, it speaks of being renewed, being refreshed. It speaks about God taking hold of his original creation and removing the grip of sin and the effects of time from it and presenting it again in its original glory. That word new speaks about, you know, in some contexts it's used of something that is fresh, something where the effects of time has not had any impact on it. And that is what God does in the new creation. He, he reaches back into that timeless eternal realm and he takes hold of his original idea of man, of creation. And he brings it about again and we read in, in Colossians 1 of Jesus Christ, the firstborn of the new creation. So um, back to Hebrews 10 verse 17, he has deleted the record of our sins. It does not exist in his mind. But do you know what does exist within the mind of God? Psalms 8, David is overwhelmed with his thought. He says, what is man that your mind full of him? His mind is full of us. <laughs> you exist in the mind of God. And that is the most substantial existence you can have. The most real existence. And you know you exist in the mind of God, not just in the context of, 
of time and space and your life on this earth. 2 Timothy 1 verse 9 speaks about grace that was given to you in Christ Jesus before time began. God knew you before time began. And what he knew about you in that timeless realm is still his only reference to who you really are. His design, his imagination of who you are is your true self. And you still exist in his mind. And the gospel comes with this this great opportunity to discover yourself in him. To discover yourself in the mind of God. 1 John 5 verse 20 summarizes the whole purpose of Christ in, in this statement. He says, for this purpose the Son of Man has come. That we may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true. You see, discovering God cannot be separated from discovering yourself in him. What he thinks about you is what defines you, not what you think about him. So, yes, I just wanted to to encourage you to discover a new context to this message of grace, a new understanding of Christ, which is beyond comparison. You know, all the comparisons are good. And it's great to understand that God loves us in spite of all we've done and in spite of all that went wrong. But there's a deeper understanding. And that is discovering that he doesn't just love us in spite of, but because of who he designed you to be and who he made you to be. Romans 5 speaks about an event that happened in Christ that is beyond comparison. It's an undeniable fact. Adam included all of humanity in his fall. But in Christ, another event happened, which is out of all proportion to what happened in the disobedience of Adam. He restored us once again to God's original idea of who he wanted us to be. Thank you. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed that beautiful message. Just a clip of a message, really. The name of that was called... uh, uh, I can't find the name of it. Well, we'll find it. Because that's... Oh, here it is. It's called Beyond Comparison. Andre Rabe. And Andre Rabe is spelled A-N-D-R-E-R-A-B-E. So, um, moving on here, I'd like to get into some of the cool stuff. So, without further ado, let's begin the mighty spiritual adventure into the 18th dimension.
Alright, now, as I open my highly illegal and outlawed info store program, a key promise from fighting the enemy. Praise is one of the keys to victory. This key can not only draw you closer to me, that's Jesus, but can be turned into a sword to cut the devil to the heart. So praise is a super weapon of the spirit. And you can almost just get stuck reading these quotes that open when you first open InfoStore. Maybe I'll just read quotes. Here's another one from Jesus. I love to be involved in all that you do. I love to be involved in every little detail because I love you. And I love to be with you. I love to sit down and discuss things, whatever they are. I just love to be with you and love you and speak with you. Letter 3184. Those times were full of Mo letters of just love and more love and more love. And it wasn't really until the early 2000s that you started to see like conviction versus compromise and getting stronger series and all these letters that tried to tighten up the family unit of core disciples and homes and all that stuff. And for better or for worse, I think it, it just kind of burned itself out when it got into the physical because it was like all the pillars and the boards and all the, the restructuring of the physical side and then making super, super missionaries of, as if being like a cookie cutter missionary is the goal, which it's not. And if you really look closely in those prophecies, it doesn't really say that. I think that was people's interpretation of some of those um, what was it called? The the, the pre-offensive and offensive letters in the year 2008 and by offensive I don't mean uh, offensive in the worldly sense but uh, like a military offensive. Those letters are about creating a missionary army but then if you look closely at the prophecies it was all about God just taking you completely out of your box and, and then a lot of the artwork around them was just basically doing the same old missionary work that everybody had always done. And, uh, and by everybody, I don't mean myself as much as just everyone that I lived with that had been doing faithfully, just and honorably, doing missionary work for four decades. So now we're in a time when everything's changed and we're just left with all these prophecies now that's basically all we have there's no more structure there's no more family uh per se so chances are if you're listening to this you have no idea what i'm talking about that's okay this is the annals of a of a secret missionary christian elite group that has disappeared it's sort of like an, a legend right now here let's look at another quote here Half the fun of living is to have children. <laughs> That's right. I, I just want to correct myself earlier because before that Andre Rabe clip, I said I'd prefer to just being with the kids at church rather than listen to the service. And if anybody's ever been to church as a kid, you know it's just so boring. And all the adults are all into it and they're singing these songs and they're just you know, doing their thing, and it's it's fine. Sometimes it's really inspiring, but most of the time, kids don't get the doctrine, and they don't understand the Bible, like, read for adults yet. So they just want to play hide-and-go-seek 
under the chairs in the back of the church or in the the back rooms and I'm that kind of person like I love good doctrine and good teaching and sound word of God just exposition of the gospels and the words of Paul but at the same time I'm always thinking when is the time to go in the backyard and start teleporting to another planet and I know God's given us the power of teleportation so and I I know other Christians like this too um they're like you know I love the gift of healing I just I wonder what other things God can do you know so I'm I want to live in that realm of there's no impossibilities and I want to heal people too I want to go and listen to the word being preached well and I think a lot of people need that grace message that Andre Rabe is preaching but um that's what I mean is I you know I'd rather become a kid and just play with the kids hide and seek you know while while this kind of stuff is going on so um that's what I meant all right Let's let's read one more quote. Moller three thousand thirty You are accountable for the truth the Lord has given you, and his blessing in your life will depend on your obedience. Wow, that's a scary one. So for me that means the the things that God has shown me and I don't say it with pride, I say it with fear like my god all this stuff is true it's all coming true the mo letters they were all right um you know as far as the prophecies went there were people's interpretations and um man's judgments about things that were differentiated but what god said is coming true so far i haven't seen anything god said not come true so and you didn't see Jesus saying all this stuff about 2012 like it was the end of the world, and uh, me and some of my friends they were we were angry we were like what why aren't they talking about 2012 and it was like well a big no show man you want to know about 2012 you listen to David Flynn and you just hear what it meant as like a flag and it was deep revelation it wasn't the kind of stuff that the family was getting into which is more like just war and combat and practical tactical kind of revelation that's the difference between david flynn jerry lee jerry Oli, and uh the family it's just the family's more about like getting out there on the battlefield boots on the ground getting souls hearing hearing from god what you need to know now you know okay you need to get ready antichrist is coming you know uh, prepare you know get learn how to survive by faith it's very practical I'm going to stop his quotes because I'm just jumping all over the place. So now let us enter deep into the bat cave and steal some treasures of the spirit, which have been unknown for, well, since they were revealed, but they are ancient, ancient words spoken recently. And we are going to go and we're going to retrieve them. And anybody with the faith, can take these so here we go
Alrighty, some infiltration music there from Metal Gear. And now, this is a project called Offensive Warfare Won't Win the Spiritual Battle. It's from a Mo letter called New Spirit World Power. And it's on the topic of spirit helpers. So this is a very controversial topic, but to hear Jesus talking about this is kind of mind-bending. It says, <clears throat> I want you to learn what it means to use the new weapons to actively fight the enemy. And which new weapon he's talking about is the weapon of, of uh, teamworking with your spirit helpers. Go on the offensive and destroy him. Many of you use the new weapons as self-help measures or to defend yourself when the enemy attacks. But I want you to learn how to use the new weapons as offensive weapons. I want you to learn what it means to use them at all times to push back, defeat, and destroy the enemy and his strongholds. That reminds me, did you know that Cat Care has a revelation about there being buildings in the spirit world on Earth? Like, you might have a, a church, and around the church are other buildings, but they're invisible, and they're spiritual, and they're in another dimension. So there aren't just such things as ghosts, or uh, angels, or demons, but, or you might even say, include, like, UFOs into that dimension, another dimension. But there's also houses, buildings, spiritual houses, ghost houses, if you will. Buildings that exist in another dimension, like in the in the shadow, that old movie. With that invisible building. So imagine if you could actually go and attack the devil's strongholds just with your prayers just when you're walking down the street you start praising the lord quoting the the bible and just praying for people that you see and blessing them and just loving them people that you don't even know just saying hi to them and you know be be nice to some homeless guy give him lunch and if he's already had lunch give him a dollar or two or ten or give him a beer for crying out loud just be loving to people and um and tear down the strongholds but this weapon of the spirit helper it's th this is an this is a very kind of practically difficult one to utilize to really wrap your brain around so i understand that people have a hard time with this but that's why we're learning about it and when i when i first found out about this weapon i was gosh i was ecstatic when i first heard that you could actually work with angels and spirit helpers and learn their names it was like what so it's still a cool weapon i don't care what anybody says or how bored you feel about it you know that most people are bored with the bible they just think that the bible is boring they're like oh i've already heard the word of god and if you feel bored by the word of god you are spiritually sick so this is the same thing. It's like, if you get sick and tired of new weapons and spiritual warfare, well, someday the, the battle will come to you. It might be coming to you right now and you don't even notice it. But 
this is real you know it's it's something that you can choose to embrace and to love and just savor the feel of battle like some kind of japanese video game character ah the feeling of combat the clashing of bone against sinew <laughs> sorry it's this quote from metal gear it just popped in my brain but why i love metal gear I just have to go off on this. It's every character in that game, even the bad guys, they're just obsessed with the battle. Like, they live their life just to be able to face some legendary hero on the battlefield. And even if they die, it's worth it. And uh, I know it's not good to glory in war on this world and pain and suffering and killing people. But I think in this spirit, there's no shame in just reveling in being an absolute spiritual combat lustful person and just desiring to, to storm the enemy's strongholds. And it is, it is a real war. You do, get, you do get struck back and the enemy plays dirty and it will hurt. And the more proud you are, the worse it'll hurt. So take the mantle of humility, be a be a baby in the spirit, be a child of God, and, and don't take yourself too seriously. Because the the taller and the bigger you are, the harder you gonna fall. Okay, let's continue here. Find out how to use each of the new weapons in an offensive way to destroy the enemy. Take every single weapon and turn it from a defensive weapon into an offensive weapon. And that was from Bowler 3521. So, uh, this is a message about spiritual helpers, how to work with them. And it is a little bit long, but it is a very cool one. I think I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to go paragraph by paragraph. I'm going to savor this because there's very little instruction like this. Um, all we really have are the old Mo letters, and, and they're just all over the place. And you do need a, a good several months to really dive into those. But hey, you know, maybe you have time on your iPhone to just listen to them on text aloud or, you know, just go and enjoy the, the Mo letters. I have them all available on InfoStore on a torrent, which, ooh, is my torrent open? Am I, am I seeding it? So it's really up to you. I mean, the, this is faith. This is like nitro faith injection, like from another dimension. It's insane faith. Why settle for normal faith when you can have insane faith? The Bible's insane. The things, I mean, logically, the things that even Paul writes, the reason I like Andre Rabe so much and his preaching is he says he really understands the Bible, like, really deep. But the way he'll interpret, like, the, the letters of Paul is just, like, this guy, he was just bursting with, with revelation, constant revelation. And it wasn't just like the way that these boring seminarians interpret the Bible that have never experienced any kind of danger and just go to seminary and then just 
stand behind the pulpit and they think that they understand the, the letters of Paul. Like, this guy was whipped, beaten, tortured, you know. He, he knew he was marching to his death when he went to Jerusalem. Paul wrote as if every letter was his last and just had so much he was just just bursting with glory <laughs> and so those sentences that he writes they're not to be taken in a scientific matter only uh, manner they are both scientific and revelatory and crazy so get crazy man like the bible is crazy okay so mo letters are another level of crazy and i'm not saying that you should interpret them in some biblical logistical fashion but I'm saying that when you read them, my first impression of Mo Letters was like, oh my gosh, I write this. This is so opposite from all those C.S. Lewis wannabes that I grew up around. This is like, you know, homemade Christianity. Do it yourself. Anything goes Christianity. I don't mean anything goes and you can do anything you want, but almost just like really, really experimenting with freedom in the sense of grace. So, like, how did it go? Let's find out. Oh, okay, we did wrong. Let's find out what we can do now. Kind of, you know, um, testing things out and, and pushing the limit and just not taking stuff for granted. And I believe that spirit has really been lost because in the old days, people used to be crazy. Now they're just like, oh, I need to find a job. Oh, gotta, gotta get my degree so I can do this. It's so boring. I get so depressed when people talk like that. And then I feel like I have to talk like it too and be like, oh yeah, well, you know, we got it. And then I'm like, wait, no, no. Living by faith, brother. So we got to keep living by faith. All right, now let's read one paragraph. This is Jesus speaking about the weapons of the spirit. He goes, ah, the weapons of my spirit, bold Whoops, seems like my computer is uh, having some audio difficulties, so I'm going to give it a little break here, so just we'll be right back. Okay, and we're back again. Let's see if this works. Okay, here we go. I'm gonna start back again. Ah, this is Jesus speaking. Ah, the weapons of my spirit, bold, brave, and daring. Each one is meant to be an offensive weapon. Although many of them perform defensive tasks, shield, protect, and defend you from the enemy's attack, they are still multi-purpose weapons, dual ability weapons that both defend and attack, that both protect and initiate warfare. As your father David told you, a defensive warfare never wins the battle. It's the side that is attacking that is on the offensive and that is taking a proactive stance in the war that wins the battle. If you want to be the winners, then it stands to reason 
that you too must take on that offensive attitude in regards to each weapon in your arsenal. I will show you how to train in the art of offensive warfare with the spiritual warriors at your side. Many of you know the spirit helpers that have been published in the GNs. Oh, the spirit helpers that have been published in the GNs. Granted, some of you may only vaguely remember their names and over what area they stand charge, and some of you may not remember much at all, but information about them is there for you to follow up on and study so that you can have a more definite understanding of each one. The key is to know their names by heart and what areas of your life they stand charge over. Just as you are learning to call on specific keys for your particular needs, so must you learn to call on specific warriors of the spirit for your particular needs. You must learn to recognize your need and then link it to that spirit helper. I've shown who stands charge over that area. And then the next step is to make the connection with that spirit helper. First you must pray and call on their help. Then. You must listen and receive their instruction. Then, you must do and obey the counsel they give and see their powers work miracles in your life. Let's put this in a day-to-day -day context. Say, for example, you know you have a problem with lethargy. No, we're not going to tackle this problem defensively, only fighting when you feel particularly hit in this area. We're going to take an offensive stance. We're going to preempt Lethargy's attacks on your life by calling on his spiritual counterpart, Styrian. I've shown you that she is filled with the power of my spirit and brings destruction to the demon of Lethargy. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? It doesn't sound like she's just deflecting his attacks or keeping them at bay. She literally destroys Lethargy's power and influence in your life. She is a whirlwind of destruction to the demon lethargy. So let me just interject here. I think we don't need to learn all the names of all the spirit helpers and call on all of them every day. But as you learn these different ones, I think you can, for instance, I think anybody that lives in America has a problem with the demon of lethargy so i remember when i was there i just i find myself sitting around most of the time and just being lethargic just being sedentary and it wasn't until i came to asia that i realized like my gosh this this kind of american attitude that i have of just sitting around is terrible so i think like you you make a choice to to not be that way and to, to kind of adapt and to change. And, and then these spirit helpers can pour into your life added power to do it, to, to have a revolution in a certain area. And that's just one example. But I believe that, um, kind of visualizing something like this adds power to it. Rather than just saying, oh God, help me not be so lazy I promise not to be lazy anymore, you know, and that, that's fine. But I think there's more power when you call on Styrian 
and there you might have more faith when you do that and and to rebuke the demon of lethargy so i guess that's that is very useful and it's just it was so easy for people family to create a work strip out of this and i know a, a lot of people that just made this into the the cornerstone of their life like all right i gotta do all the little rules here so i can stay fd full-time disciple you know elite elite it was all a pride strip pride trip work strip all right gonna read a little bit more here what you need to do is get down to brass tacks with styrian just as you call on me when you need an answer or solution to a problem call on your spirit helpers the same way i have gifted them for this task i have given them the wisdom knowledge spiritual fire and power that they need to help aid you in your life on earth they are an extension of my spirit use them use the completeness of my power by tapping into their resource of strength and power that's the key word right there an extension of the spirit of the lord that should clear up any fear of people being like no it's not god it's part of god back to our scenario you would need to call on styrian pray specifically for her help in overcoming this attack of lethargy in your life in whatever way it is manifest but don't end your interaction with this awesome spirit helper there now you need to ask her specifically what steps you can take to fight to overcome in this area ask her what she needs you to do so that she can be given free reign to rid your life of this pesky and dangerous demon especially ask her for her counsel about your problem with lethargy and listen to what she has to say styrian will show you what steps you need to take in order to be on the road to complete deliverance she'll show you how to take proactive stance against this demon and his manifestations in your life she'll show you how you how she needs you to cooperate with her in order for this complete victory to be won all right so that's how you become an offensive warrior through instant obedience to my word and personalized instruction to you via your spirit helpers um this template of only asking for steps to uh constantly try to self-improve i think it's easy to misinterpret this to mean that the only way you can communicate with your spirit helpers is this sort of I fight the demon of this problem that I have in my personal life and you know get counsel on how exactly to counteract it but um, it's it's very different than that there's so much more than that so uh, if you if you get into the spiritual dimension a, a dimension where there's just no impossibilities how can you only focus on fixing yourself like this uh, once you once you get this practical side of things out of the way it comes down to what what exactly would you like to do and what do you think god is showing you that he wants you to do and when those two wills meet you obey and yield to him 
It's like the whole universe is stretched out before you and anything can happen. So the format of these Mo letters, these GNs, was, I believe, edited down into such a way as to be practical advice, mostly. And I believe that people received a lot of prophecies and revelations that were never published because the structure just didn't allow it. And I, I heard there were thousands of revelations about these spirit helpers that were never published just because they didn't want to publish too much stuff. But I wish that they did publish that stuff because then we wouldn't have been so one-sided. Um, a lot of these spirit helper revelations were purely on the practical self-help side of things. And very rarely was it just pure revelation into the word of God and the spirit of God to just give you further insight on the way things work and and just to, to just to abide in the kingdom, just to know like, well, how does it work? How what can we do? What what can we see? You know, let let's engage the the spiritual warfare and get some details and stuff and and you think, Oh no, that's out there, that's so impractical. But let me tell you something. The enemy is getting out there and he's getting into these so-called impractical things and he's utilizing them for his dark and evil nefarious purposes and it's actually okay to kind of go off the deep end into the Bible and and just learn about the Word of God and not have to you don't have to be so mission focused as far as I got this many souls today I got this many healings today. I got this many disciples today. This many this many subscriptions to my magazine, or you know, my blog got this many hits, or I got this many prophecy requests, or this many YouTube comments. Like, that's all functional stuff that that's just logistical. But just where, when is the time that you go out into the garden with God and take a walk? And, and just learn about the kingdom and realize, like, where are you taking these souls exactly? <laughs> you know? It's like, why are you saving souls? Do you even know what's going to happen to them? Well, they're going to get souls too. I was like, okay, and what those souls are going to do? Well, those souls are going to get more souls, and those souls are going to get more souls, and Second Timothy 2 to train more disciples to, to learn to win, to win, to train, to teach, to win, to train, to teach, to teach, to train, to win. So, all right, that's, I think I've said all I need to say right there. And we're going to continue, but it is getting late. And I have just talked to myself into just wanting to be with the Lord. So I'm going to, to leave you here with the rest of that awesome music. And I am going to heaven. So see you later. God bless you. And in Jesus' name, use the spiritual weapons and be a happy, super elite, awesome, dangerous, and full of joy and humble child fighter soldier for Jesus. And a happy one at that, too. God bless you.